prayer. Something that we are so accustomed to, yet so oblivious about. It's something that we have had ingrained in our hearts and in our minds for some of us all of our life. It's a few words before a meal. It's a transition point in our services. It's a quick response to tragedy. And yet we have lost what prayer truly is. We love to say that we're a praying people. We love to talk about prayer when it comes to politics. Gosh, our country needs prayer. We love to talk about prayer when it comes to the loss of life. Man, we need to pray for that family. We talk about prayer when it comes to our finances. God, would you bless us? We talk about prayer when it comes to protecting our children. God, would you watch over them? But I firmly believe that it is a rare instance in our lives when we come to the Father and ask Him, God, would you please save this person? And I believe that it is because we have lost that prayer alone that we do not see God move as He has before. Because we have lost the inclination to pray for our lost children, our lost family members, our lost friends and co-workers. We have not seen a revival within the church and we have not seen an outpouring of the Spirit on people's lives in centuries. We have lost the priority of evangelistic prayer. And I will tell you this, church, we will never see what God could truly do by way of the gospel until we are willing to pray for those that we share the gospel to. I'm going to give you something very simple to start. We can go and share the gospel a hundred times. A hundred times. And if we have not prayed for one single person of that hundred person pool, then we will see very little happen by way of the gospel. We want to have all of these programs. We have this Connect One campaign that we're talking about evangelism, about being Christ in lives of the people around us, about sharing the message, the good news. And yet, if we will not pray for them, we will see very little, if any, move of the Holy Spirit. You see, it is not just something that we can do and then feel good about. It is something that is born out of a moment alone in your closet with the Lord. 
God, would you please put somebody in my path today that I may share the gospel with, and I pray that when they hear it, they receive it. But we don't pray that prayer often enough. God, my son is far from you. He doesn't know you. Would you please save him? We do not pray these prayers. And yet we expect God to do something. We have lost the priority of praying for the lost. If you have your Bibles, take and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2 with me. First Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And he begins this letter in chapter 1 explaining that there is false doctrine out there and that Jesus came to save that which was lost. And we understand that. We've, we've got that. If you've spent any number of time researching or looking at or even calling yourself reformed in your theology, then we have nailed down these first two things that Paul talks about. We can call out false doctrine and we understand that Jesus came to save sinners. But I feel many times, especially in the arena of reformed theology, we fall short when it comes to the beginning of chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. First of all, then, I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. For this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, and that's the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And this is the testimony given at the proper time. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that somebody prayed for me. And that you heard their prayers. And you called me out of darkness. God, let us not forget those who have prayed. And let us not forget what it was like to be lost and to come to know you. And God, let us spur, let that spur us to pray for the lost around us. May we put a priority into that again. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. If I'm going to fulfill the mandate of God, first I must make a priority of prayer in my life. If you're taking notes, you can write priority of prayer. If I'm going to fulfill the mandate of God, I've got to make prayer a priority in my life. The word urge right here that Paul is speaking 
to Timothy, I urge you. In a language could mean beg or even to plead with. And he even backs that up with this first of all. In the sentence structure, he is trying to make the biggest point right off the bat. First of all, I urge you that supplication, prayer, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. He's trying to instill that an effective prayer life is really, really important. And I think in theory, you and I would agree with that. In theory, you and I would say, yeah, prayer is really important. But in practice, we fall very short of prioritizing prayer in our life. We must make prayer a priority in our lives. Let me kind of emphasize what Paul is saying here. He's not questioning, he's not asking. I urge you that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, thanksgiving be made for all people. When my wife asked me to carry out the trash or to switch the laundry, she's not really asking me, is she? No. She's telling me. I get some amens from the ladies and omies from the men. I don't have really a choice in that matter. And Paul is using that same language. I urge you. You see, Paul's not asking. He is telling them to make prayer a priority. It's not an option for the believer. See, God commands us to pray, but prayer is also a privilege of ours. Through prayer, we are invited to enter a personal relationship with God the Creator. We are asked to be present in the presence of the same God whose train fills the temple. And yet we are invited in and ushered up to the throne and we are not we are to take a posture of bowing, but quickly Christ comes down and picks us up. And it says that even Christ intercedes on our behalf to the Father. Even the Spirit of God itself is making requests known to Him. Jesus told His disciples this, Until now you have not asked for anything in My name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be made complete. When Jesus says this in John 16, He's letting them know, listen, you go ahead and ask. He backs this up with whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. You, you have the power to ask. You have the privilege to ask of God. And if we are truly passionate about reaching people for Christ, it will start with prayer. In fact, we pray about what's important to us, don't we? 
We pray about what's important to us. My kids, my marriage, my finances, even my church, my friends, my career. We pray for the things that are important to us. If reaching the lost are important to us, we should be praying. In such a manner. Secondly, if I'm going to fulfill the mandate of God, I must make praying for others a high priority. Prayer must be a priority in my life, and praying for others must be a high priority. Listen, I don't know about you, but I need reminders. Easy on the amen, babe. My day is filled with Alarms going off, reminding me to do this or do that. Post-it notes. Can I get an amen, Melissa? Where'd she go? Post-it notes. D D has a scratch piece of paper that she keeps in there, and that usually is what I refer to. I have to-do list. And I love to-do list because when I finish something, I can check that off. And I can see him actually accomplished. To-do list. Without my list, I might be lost. I might not know what to do. Paul gives Timothy a list right here. Look at it. Verses 1 and 2 right here. I urge you that request, supplications, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Request, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving. There's your list. And who for? For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Praying for all people. Paul begins by listing out the different ways we could pray, then he begins his list. And notice that he begins with the word everyone. Now, I doubt that he means every person in the world, so don't feel bad because you cannot, in all that you are, you could not pray for all the people in the world by name. And even in this reference, I don't even think it meant everybody in Ephesus. Because I don't know that there's maybe a couple of you that know everybody in town. I don't think any of us know everybody by name in town. I'm horrible with names, and so I, there's no way I would. But most likely, it was everyone, every person with whom they were connecting with on a daily basis. Friends, family, co-workers, business associates, neighbors. That represented their everyone group. I think we can make the case that prayer is a biblical priority, and praying from a list for people that we do not want to forget or overlook is just as important. You have prayer lists in your pews. Pray for those people. Make prayer lists at home. There's a beautiful thing called a smartphone these days. And I've got this wonderful app. I'm going to tell you about it. It's called Echo. And you can go in and you can download this 
And it will remind you not only to pray, but it is an ongoing prayer list. And you can set notifications and it will send you different notifications at different times. Maybe a coworker has an important meeting and, and you really want to pray for them. And so you put in there the time, it'll remind you. Guys, we've gotten to a place in society, we've gotten to a place in culture and technology that it is inexcusable for us to forget to pray. Who are those people that we're to pray for? Most Christians would say, I don't know any lost people. And maybe when I mentioned earlier that you needed to pray for three lost people, it got really hard to start thinking of three names. And honestly, I mean, that's probably true. If we've been saved for any length of time, it's probably true that we don't know that many lost people. Because either our friends get saved, or we develop new friends who are Christians. And if we're going to be intentional, we need to be cultivating and developing friends outside of the church circles. Now, I'm not saying deep, meaningful friendships understand me this you will get caught in a slippery place where satan will take you where you do not want to go but you do need to understand this lost people can't know the truth and they can't see christ and they can't hear you talk about the gospel if you are not around them find some folks Pull in a little close to them. Share the gospel with them. I want to encourage each of you to take responsibility for those right around you. Your neighborhoods, your communities, your workplaces. Guys, you're surrounded by people who need Jesus. I can tell you that 110%. You are surrounded by people who need to hear about Jesus. We need to begin to look at them through the eyes of a missionary. Begin to look at them through the eyes of Christ. Lastly, I must make praying that others be saved my highest priority. Not only must prayer be a priority in my life, and not only must praying for others be a high priority, but I must make praying for those that would be saved, my highest priority. Well, preacher, we've never understood or heard that before. I know you haven't. I never did. I was told always, hey, we need to pray for each other. And then this general idea of pray for the lost. And it became a tagline on the end of my prayer. God, be with my family. God, would you be with this interview? God, would you watch over us, keep us safe? And God, I pray the lost would come to know you. And each one of us have done that for years and years and years. But praying for the lost must become the highest priority in our prayer life. I want you to understand and hear me. Know my heart. It is important to pray for those that have health issues. 
It is important to pray for those who are struggling. It's important to lift each other up in prayer. But if we are not calling on the name of the Lord that the lost would be saved by name, then we should just forget praying altogether. If we are not going to use the greatest resource that we have in a relationship and communicating with God, if we are not going to use that to further the kingdom of God, which is what He's called us to do, then we might as well just set it aside for a minute. Pray that the lost would be saved. In verses 3 and 4, Paul gets really specific about the prayer. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God. Why? Because he desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Don't miss the phrase, to be saved. He doesn't say that we should pray for their health or for their prosperity or for blessings on their life. He's talking about salvation, that they would be made alive because they are dead. He says pray for them in keeping with the mission of Jesus Christ. He came to earth for one reason, and that was the salvation of mankind. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. According to Luke 19, when we pray, our focus should be on the gospel. We should pray that the gospel will spread, that people respond to the gospel. And in our local context, we should start putting the names on, of those we want to see receive the good news of Jesus Christ on our lips in prayer. There's power in prayer. And there's power in praying For our friends to be saved. One of my heroes in the faith went to be with the Lord this week. And one of the most amazing things that he ever did for me was the summer of 2000. When I went to Falls Creek, he had a bracelet that had my name on it. And he called on the name of the Lord. He said, would you bless DJ this week? Would you show him yourself? And on that Thursday night, I came to know the Lord. Because somebody prayed for me by name. I want us to have that for all those around us. If you care about the lost in your life, if you care about that lost child, if you care about your lost brother or sister, if you care about the lost person that you work with, students, if you care about your lost classmates or your lost friends, Pray for them by name that God would reveal himself, that they would come to know him, that they would not run from him, they would not deny him. When we pray for our friends that are lost, we partner with the Holy Spirit in carrying out what Jesus has called us to do. Ken Gillette is a very popular magician. He hosts a TV show called The Pen and Teller Show. They're one of my favorite magic acts to watch. Pen Gillette is a very visible and very vocal atheist, though. 
He often argues and debates with Christians on some of his programs. I watched a YouTube video of Gillette talking about an encounter with a man who gave him a Bible. And there are two things that Penn said we should not forget. First, how much do you have to hate someone to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them about it? That's real. Second, he set up a comparison about pushing a person from the pathway of a speeding truck, but observed that a Christian sharing their faith is something far more important than that itself. Out of the mouth of one who does not believe comes the truth. That if you and I are really serious and really understand what's happening in people's lives, we should be the first ones to pray for them. We should be the first ones to tell them. We should be the ones to scream it. To beg, plead on their behalf and then beg and plead to them. So why should we pray for our lost friend? First, God desires all people to be saved. It's right there in the text. Secondly, it moves me to be more gospel sensitive. Can I tell you something? I've always said this. You can't be mad. You can't be mad at somebody that you're praying for. Go ahead and try it. Husband, next time your wife says something you don't like, go pray for her and see if you come back angry. Wife, the next time your husband doesn't do something that he was supposed to do that you told him to do, but he didn't do because he forgot to do it. Sorry, a little bit, a little too real. (laughs) Next time that happens, lady, go pray for that man and then come back and see what happens. Next time your child doesn't clean their room, leaves their stuff all over the living room floor and doesn't do exactly what you told them to do, go pray for them a moment. One, that God would keep them from death. And two, that God would show them that they need to change. And go back to that situation. The same principle applies for those that are lost. If you pray for that person, I can almost guarantee you it will change how you spend your time with them. If you pray for somebody by name, I can almost guarantee that you will share the gospel with them fairly quickly afterwards. I can almost guarantee that if you would lift up somebody by name, that God would reveal himself to them and that they would see the gospel and they would respond to it. I guarantee you, he's going to give you every opportunity to be the one to do that. Finally, why wouldn't we pray for our friends and family members to be saved? Think about that. Think about that. Why would you not? It doesn't make sense. If we truly love those around us, why would we not? God desires that all would be saved. And when we pray to that effect, we can be assured that God is hearing us and that God is working to answer our prayer. Let me close with one more verse on prayer. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, 
He hears us. I can tell you by this scripture that it is God's will that people be saved. And when we pray for that to happen, we are praying the direct will of God. And he is pleased. So who are you praying for? What name is sitting in your mind right now? When was the last time you lifted that name up? Please, please, begin to pray for the lost people around you. It changed my life forever when someone prayed for me by name. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. I thank you that Brother Jay Boydston lifted up my name. 16 years ago. And that you called me. God, I pray that you would teach us again to pray for the lost. pray that you would burden our hearts with the names of people who need to know you. God, I pray. I pray for those in my life who don't know you, who are running from you. God, I want to lift up my friend Wyatt. God, I pray that you would put somebody in his life. God, he's ran from you for so long. He's in a situation now where his only chance, his only way is to come to you. God, I pray that you would put somebody in his life. Use me if I have to. God, I pray for my nephew. God, he's sitting in a jail cell right now and he's running from you. God, use someone. Use someone to call him out of the darkness. God, I pray you would help us to not just be people in theory, but be people in practice when it comes to praying for the lost, and when it comes to sharing the good news of the gospel. God, I pray for anyone here that's sitting here right here, in and amongst us, and maybe they don't know you, God, I pray that today would be the day. God, I don't know them by name, I don't know which person they are, but God, I'm praying right now, I'm begging you, that you would not let this moment pass an invitation, that they would not come and want to know you. God, convict us. 
burden us, break us for the lost around us. God, when we see them come to you, we want to give you glory. We want to thank you. We want to give you praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you've never entered a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that somebody's praying for you right now. I want you to know that Jesus is waiting. That God wants to move mountains to have a relationship with you. Christian, who do you need to be praying for today? And what is that going to drive you to? How is that going to move you? I want you to think of that person right now. I want you to lift them up. God can do incredible things, but only when His people pray. Like I said, I don't believe that God is trying to hold back what He wants to do. I believe He's waiting for us to respond in prayer. For the lost around us. God, I pray you would have this time. This, this would be you and your spirit. And we lift you up. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me as we join together in worship?